Welcome to the Off the Bench Podcast, home of all things sports here in the Central Valley. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Off the Bench. Welcome back to the Off the Bench Podcast, Jason. We uh man, big week this week. A lot of a lot of hoops going on. Yeah, we had a, you know, busy week um out at Clovis West uh for their, you know, their tournament and yeah, it was fun. Yeah, fun watching those games, a lot of excitement. Uh you were on the radio for that uh exciting triple overtime game between Clovis West and Clovis North. Yeah, that was one of the uh funnest things I've done in quite a while. That was uh that was quite a game last night, triple overtime like you said. And uh man, multiple different times that game was was in the bag in right in Clovis West or Clovis North hands. They they had it. They had it several times and uh just couldn't quite uh pull it off there. I saw Gabe had a quote from Coach Wahlberg after the game and he said, you know, uh even Wahlberg said, I think Clovis Clovis North earned that one more than more than West did. It just didn't play out that way. No, yeah. Uh Looked like they had multiple opportunities. I think Clovis North at one time was up by 15, 16 points. Um, that's definitely one of those you're going to look back at and uh, you're going to be kicking yourself for. Those are one of those games you can't, you can't, you can't blow those type of leads. Yeah, exactly. So it was a uh, man, big tournament. That the, the Nike Invitational over there, it's always a big tournament, right? It's a, it's always a good time every year. Lots of good teams. And there was there's a few things that stood out really. There was a, some highlight wins, some statement wins that were made by different teams. I thought uh, thought Hoover had a really big, nice win over Bakersfield Christian, um, avenging a loss that they had they had played them to open the season like a week prior. Yeah, and had gone down to Bakersfield and lost a, a close one to them, and so they were able to get back and uh, and get that win back again. So that was good for them. Hoover actually, even the games they didn't win, they looked they looked really good this week. No, I thought they looked impressive. Like even you know against Buchanan, um, they were without uh, Cotton and uh, Jalen um, Walton right against Buchanan, and you know they were down like fifteen at one point, but just battled, mm-hmm. just battled, and just you know. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was good watching you know watching those teams play and watching the battle, just seeing everyone in the gym and people you know going back and yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be a fun year. Um, I saw also different St. Joe's. They played Clovis High, I think, Saturday. I believe Clovis St. Joe's played Clovis High Saturday. I think they won St. Joe's won by almost forty. Yeah, against Clovis High. Um, I just still think St. Joe's is just they're a notch above. Yeah, everyone else. I'd have to agree with that right now. I think they're uh, I think they're sitting at the top all all by themselves. But yeah, another big win this week too was. Uh, well, in the Nike, it was you know that Clovis North win over Modesto Christian. That was a statement win. That was a big time win right there. No, yeah, um, it, it seems you know last couple of years it seems like every you know during this time Clovis North is getting these big time wins and you know hopefully they can carry that momentum into you know into league and everything. But yeah, that was a big win um, against Modesto Christian. Uh, just the ball movement with Clovis North. Just how they move the ball, just how they were all over defensively. Um, it was a you know big win, but it'll be uh, yeah this year will be interesting. I think it's really a you kind of the top four teams. I feel like is you know St. Joe's is in a class on themselves, and then it's Clovis West Memorial, 
and Clovis North, I feel like, are those three other teams that will probably be in the open. Yeah, it's just a matter of how the – at this point, it just feels like it's going to be, okay, what's the order going to be, right? Two, three, four, how are they going to figure that out? And, you know, right now it looks like Clovis West at number two, but who knows? No, yeah, I would – yeah, I would assume West would be two. You'd put probably North at three and then put Memorial at four. Yeah, um, a lot of uh, I mean, a lot can change though. It's a uh, no, it's a long year league, right? Like you have league, you have these other tournaments coming along. Um, so yeah, right, and like in girls' side of basketball, it looks like Clovis West is you know the clear cut favorite. Um, Memorial has some people they're waiting on, uh, but you would probably right now you would probably put Buchanan at two, just because they had that win. Memorial at three, and then I really don't even know who would be that fourth team. The fourth team, you know, it's. I feel like it's wide open for that fourth team in the open right now. Yeah, maybe we'll, we haven't really seen much of Clovis High yet. Maybe they were there last year. Yeah. Uh, maybe they could do it. They lost. They graduated some key people. They graduated their stud point guard, um, who I actually thought was the best point guard in the track last year. She's moving on. So it'll be it's, – it's hard to replace those type of players. Um, yeah, it'll be – I don't – yeah, I just – I look at it. I don't know who – oh, it could be Bakersfield. Bakersfield brings a lot of people back. Yeah, BHS. They bring a lot of people back from their team last year. I can see them getting being that fourth team in the open. Um, but yeah, it's. I think it all comes down. Um, you know, at the end of the day, with girls, I think it's it'll still come down between West and San Joaquin Memorial. Yeah, yeah. I'm. You know, West is. Uh, they're on that big streak, right? They've won so many in a row, and uh, I'm. I'm predicting it's West until you know. So got to knock them off first, right? Um, to be the champs, you got to you got to beat the champs, and that's who, that's West right now. So, but uh, you know, Memorials Memorials turned that that thing around, man. They they've absolutely they're absolutely loaded with tons of talent over there, and if anybody can knock off West, it's looking like it might be that group. So no, yeah, it's the talent they have at San Joaquin Memorial. There hasn't been talent like that that those high level players at a high school in quite a while, because this isn't just like you have some high major D one players. Um, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be definitely be interested to see when, you know, when they're all come back together, when everyone's, when Memorial has everyone, when everyone's cleared to play what they kind of look like. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've seen them look, We've seen them in some uh, some high profile games already, but like you mentioned, they're still waiting on uh, on one important player to be eligible. So they're not at full strength yet. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you know it'll be interesting. It's gonna be a fun year, to, to especially between those two schools to see what uh, how that all plays out. Especially since there's there's no chance we'll get to see that matchup until the very end. No, yeah, there's probably yeah, you're probably not going to see it till right till Sound Arena or yep. maybe like yeah, I was just trying to think. Yeah, they're probably Clovis West will probably be one, so they wouldn't face. I was thinking maybe like Memorial was a four C, but I don't see that happening. Yeah, who knows? I mean, I the worst I could see them being is a three seed. So yeah, it's probably yeah. going to be at Sound Arena. Yeah, probably right there. But man, let's uh talk. We 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 kind of. Cruise past it real quick, quickly, but that last night's game, man, it was a. Uh, well, I guess this doesn't come out till Tuesday, so the game will be a couple days old. But Clovis West, Clovis North, championship game of the uh, Nike Invitational. It was uh You don't see games like that very often, man. It was, it was crazy. Triple overtime. North leads by as many as uh, I think it was as many as fifteen at one point. 
first half was really dominated by North. They go into halftime, I think, up 10 or 11. And uh, even the first four minutes of third quarter was still all Clovis North. Yeah, I saw it was somebody said like a 15-2 to run, I believe, West went on. Yeah, that started with about four minutes left in the third quarter. And they pretty much owned the rest of the game. Came back, you know, came back from that 15-point def- deficit. And, uh, man, crazy. And one thing I wanted to point out, too, uh, the tournament MVP wound up going to Isaac Martinez. In that game, he had 31 points, but 18 of them were in overtime. Oh, wow. 18 of his 31 points were in overtime. Now, again, you have three overtimes. So yeah. A lot more minutes there, but uh, just thought it was really impressive. In When it got when the minutes were at the biggest, the biggest points of the game, he really, really did come alive. Um, and not everybody did that. There were some guys who had had probably the worst games that I've ever seen him play. Um, but Isaac Martinez looked really good last night. Tyus Parrish Tillman looks really good. He had 25. Um, really, really big, solid tournament for Tyus as well. No, yeah, it was definitely one of those games that, you know, it's what you would call an instant classic. Yeah. Um, they're going to play at least two more times in league, you know, and they might, you know, see each other in the playoffs as well. So it's definitely uh, be exciting to see those games matched up. Um, it, right- was, uh, it was standing room only last night too. And as these matchups continue going on, the crowd's only going to get bigger because yeah. they didn't even have that whole student section open last night. It'll be interesting because I'm trying to think. Clovis North, I believe, in their school history, I think has only beaten like Clovis West three times in boys basketball. Wow. So Clovis West definitely has had their number. Um, that's why I think was it last year or two years ago that win and the tournament was huge for Clovis North. But, you know, hopefully, you know, Coach Hamilton, um and both Coach Wahlberg don't make those adjustments. And, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see the next time these two teams play. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a fun uh, fun track season there just to see how that plays out, uh, especially as it, you know, goes back to Clovis North. You know, get to go play on their home court and, uh, you know, see what happens there. But it was it was certainly fun uh, this week, man. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. You can't uh, – it's not very often that you get to see a game go to triple overtime. So yeah, it was a lot of fun getting to be a part of that, being on the on the broadcast with with Gonzo and Paul there last night. It was uh, man, just one of those epic nights. So a lot of fun. But yeah, we've uh, speaking of Clovis West, episode what do we got today? Episode forty nine, and uh, we got another a former Golden Eagle, former Clovis yeah. West guy. So yeah, uh, Denzel Johnson. Uh Unbelievable basketball player um, was the uh, right Fresno B player of the year when he played um, lost in selling arena, but ended up playing at Santa Clara played professionally overseas. Um, just unbelievable basketball player. Um, arguably, I feel like is, you know, one of the uh, top five players ever play Clovis West and like my basketball like knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was really cool to 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 chat with with Denzel, and it was fun hearing those stories of you know he was high school rivals going up against Clovis East and Kevin Bailey, and then uh, you know playing they continued that on at, at the next level, both playing in the West Coast Conference there, yep. and uh, yeah, you mentioned it. Denzel had a had a pretty pretty solid, pretty long uh, professional career playing overseas, and is you know maybe not done with that yet. Yeah, so. Looking to looking to get back over there, and uh, yeah, it was a really fun conversation. So, hope you guys enjoy this episode forty nine of the Off the Bench podcast 
featuring former Clovis West Golden Eagle Denzel Johnson. All right, welcome back to the Off the Bench Podcast, Jason. We uh, ba- we got basketball season again, so we're going to jump back and talk some hoops today. And uh, we got a Clovis West alum joining us today. So, uh, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, we got, uh, you know, former uh, 20, right, Denzel 2011, uh, Fresno B Valley Player of the Year, Denzel Johnson, yep. right? I'm trying to think. I don't want to age you there, Denzel. <laughs> I don't want to age you. Dang, it's getting old now. 2011, a decade ago. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we got uh, you know, Denzel Johnson, 2011 Player of the Year, Santa Clara grad, had not you know playing overseas. How you been, man? I've been good, man. I've been healthy, you know, during these times, so I can't really complain about much. Awesome, awesome. So obviously, right? You played basketball at Clovis West. Um, were you guys always from Fresno? Yeah. So I I. Grew up, was born and raised in Fresno uh, my whole life. Uh, Mom is from Fresno. She went to Edison. Uh, But my dad's uh, from Compton. His side of the family is from Compton. He went to uh, Centennial Compton uh, and then played uh, Juco football down in L.A. And then he went to San Jose State uh, for football after, after, um, after the J.C. route. And that's where he met my mom, who also was going to San Jose State. Okay. At the time. And then decided to move back to Fresno? Then, yep. Once they started raising the family, ended up doing it in Fresno. Okay, so obviously dad was a football guy. I know dad loves hoops too, though. But was oh, yeah. was was hoops always number one sport? Was there you know, a push to play football? Well, by the time I came around, hoops was already had already taken a hold of my family. So, um, he had already, my oldest brothers, uh, my oldest brother is five years older than me. And then I got one four years older than me. So John, John's five years older. Brandon's four years older. And um, by the time I'm, I mean, honestly, two years old, they're six and seven. And they are, they had already fell in love with basketball. So, of course, as the, as the youngest brother, I'm in love with whatever they're in love with. So um, that's kind of where, that's kind of really where it started for me. He he was more of a football guy. My dad was more of a football guy, but uh, his relationship with uh, with Gary ended up kind of pushing, you know, basketball on us in a in a, in a crazy way. Um, not that he even planned it like that, but when you're around kind of some of the things that we were around when we were young, it's, you just can't help it. It was it was just destined. So what is that like, you know, having an uncle that is, you know, one of the greatest basketball players of all time, you know, just – what is that like having an uncle as Gary Payton? It's crazy because when you're as young as I was during his prime prime, you can't really you just see him as the you know, the person that's cracking jokes at, at the barbecue. You know, you don't really see him as what he is to the public. So I was born in ninety three. So you gotta think he won defensive player of the year in ninety six. I was only three years old. I don't really remember that much from it. Um, I, I I was told I was at plenty of games of that year. <laughs> I don't really um, but by the time I was I was really able to grasp what he was doing, 
I would say I was probably like six or seven. And um, me and my dad moved, actually moved to Seattle. Me, my dad, and my brother actually moved to Seattle when I was in second grade uh, because my dad was doing some business um, up there. And uh, we went to, well, so first of all, my oldest brother, he was out there for like two weeks and then he decided he wanted to come back home because it was raining every day, <laughs> couldn't, couldn't do anything. Like he was older than me, so he already had more established friendships. But we went to every single home game of the Sonics that year. So that would be like 2000, 2001 season, I think. Yeah. And so that year is when I really was like, I want to do this at a high level. I didn't know what, what, that, would, what that meant, but I just knew being able to see that up close for, for that span of time. I was, we were out there for only like six months, actually. It was maybe like seven months. But I saw every home game, every home game that year. And it was just like, then I got to realize, like, oh, this, this dude, he really is a big deal. Because, you know, I would see it on TV when I was young. But when, I, when we moved to Seattle in 2000, that was really when I figured out, like, okay, this, this guy's a, a pretty big deal. People are going crazy over the things that he's doing. But, you know, you don't really see him like that when it's just, you know, you only see somebody as, as family. No, definitely, definitely. So you guys come back to Fresno, right? What elementary school did you go to? I went to Fort Washington. Fort Washington. It's produced a lot of they produce a lot of hoopers at Fort. Oh yeah. No, we got got some pros in the got some pros yeah. in the league right now. <laughs> you got the Lopez twins. Yeah. Got you. Uh I'm trying to think a little I'm trying to think. Isaiah, that's a pro. He, yeah. He he didn't get to because of yeah. you know his situation, but that's a leaguer right there. He's, uh, yeah, he was a killer at Baylor too. He definitely would have been a first round pick easily. Teammate, he was he's a year under me. He was my teammate at um, Fort Washington. He was fifth grade when I was in sixth grade, okay. and it was just ridiculous. We, it was there were teams that just did not flat out just did not want to play us. Like it was, I think it was either Lincoln or Maple Creek one year, uh, my sixth grade year, where the coach literally had to give, like, a talk, like, to convince the players, like, no, we, we should still do this. We know what the outcome is, but come on, guys. We, we should still go out there and play this game. And they probably scored, like, five points. Nobody can score because Isaiah's blocking everything. <laughs> like, we knew he, he was going to be something. <laughs> so, hold on. So, it's you and Isaiah Austin, and at that time, it's only on nine-foot hoops. Were you throwing yeah. lobs? Were you throwing lobs oh, yeah. to him? Not in the game, <laughs> but during recess, during recess we would. He was dunking for sure. His fifth grade year on the nine-foot rims. He was dunking. That's crazy. That's crazy. So yeah. at this time, basketball, you said basketball is huge. Basketball is big, um, right? Brandon's playing at West at this time, right? Yep. Okay, so that's right. The atmosphere going on there um, at Clovis West, right? The heydays of the Clovis West, right? Under Coach Orlich. What is that, you know, what is that whole atmosphere like? You know, everyone thinks, you know, when you think of basketball in this area, especially during those times, you know, it's Clovis West basketball, right? Growing up, little hoopsters, doing the whole little hoopsters things. And then, you know, everyone wants to go play for Clovis West. That's back to when, you know, it's standing room only for it seemed like for almost every home game. Yeah, that was a that was a crazy time, and um, I had always been 
like a gym rat since I was, I mean, as far as, as long as I can remember. Like it was almost like a coach's kid at the, the amount of time I was in the gym. So I was around for the early 2000s Clovis West era too, before, even before my brother and Dijon's 06, 07 run. I was around for like the, the two, Chris Hernandez and Tyrone. I was around during that time. So by the time, you know, Brandon and Dijon's time came around, it was like, I didn't feel like they were doing anything special. It felt like that's just what they were just supposed to be doing. But they really, that really was um, a crazy squad. Dijon, my brother, Tim Sheldon, like that's a, that's a that's a scary group for for high school basketball. I think they got up to like seventh in the nation that year in '06. No, that team was it. yeah, that team was super super talented. Hey, I got to throw some love out to my man Joey Parker too. Yeah, Joey. That's <laughs> another Fort Washington kid. I got to throw the love out to Joey Parker. No, he he <laughs> held down that that group was together for a long time. He he held down that point guard spot from fourth grade on to on the senior year. He was like. Uh, a centerpiece of that group for sure. No, but yeah, that that yeah, that team was super super talented. That was a great time of basketball too, because you got the you know you got the Lopez you know just the Lopez twins and those games were just <laughs> those games were unbelievable when West and Memorial would play. It was ridiculous. It was like you said, it was standing room only. Like that was like I, that was like really some of my favorite basketball to watch cuz I was just at the age that I was at I was in like 7th grade at the time and you know I'm I'm getting to see Dejan get recruited up close I'm getting to see my brother get recruited this is I'm I'm really falling in love with like college basketball at this time so I'm like really invested with you know what they had what they had going on but they unfortunately didn't finish the season how they wanted to in the in the state championship that was a. Uh, did you did you go to that game? No, I didn't go to that game. I didn't go to. Yeah, I didn't go to Arco. Ugly game, man. That was an ugly game. It was like forty to forty three, like, and no, they they should have won. That was that was a special group though. I I miss those days. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you go, right? So you know, you just see your brother make those, you know, those unbelievable runs that they had, the unbelievable teams. Now you you know you're coming in, coming in to Clovis West, playing for Coach Orlich. Just talk about that experience. I I appreciate Coach Orlich because um, when I was coming in uh, eighth grade, and I finished eighth grade, uh, I was doing the I was going to the tournaments with varsity like the summer going into freshman year. Me and uh, Jesse Clayton were, were the only two that he was thinking about putting on varsity as a as a freshman. Uh, so I did the the whole summer uh, playing with varsity. I was doing I was doing somewhat decent, but I was just at this time I was just skilled. Like I, I but I wasn't athletic yet. I wasn't tall yet. Like I was just it was just straight skill, shooting ability, straight just fundamentals. Like that's that's really that's really all I was working with, which I, I'm you know surprised on uh, how well I did because I look back at when I just looking back at how small how big I thought I was and looking at pictures and how small I actually was it doesn't match up in my head uh, so <laughs> um so I, I end up playing the whole summer with, with varsity and then coach Olders kept it real with me um because he he told me that what what my role would be on the team 
And uh, he said, you know, I'll, I'll give you the chance to play. If you want, if you can play JV, um, you know, it'll be obviously a different experience. Uh, it'll be more run for me. Um, and But he kept it real with me. And I, I chose to play JV my freshman year as opposed to uh, playing varsity because it was it happened like to someone in the class before me and the class before that. They played freshman, played varsity as a freshman, but just did not play. And I was not trying to just, you know, have a jersey. So um i think that that really helped that really helped my development because on that team uh coaching was jeff jackson who was um someone who had coached me before and really knew how to knew how to push me knew how to push my buttons um you know play with my play with my brothers so you know and and played at division one level you know it didn't it didn't pan out to you know a, a whole career but you know, he still he played at Fresno what, State. He still played at Fresno State. We'll give Jeff credit. He knew the level that I was trying to get to. So my freshman year really went as well as it possibly could. Um, only team we lost to was Clovis East JV team, who had Rob Sandoval just dropping like 30 every yeah. <laughs> every game in a 28-minute game. So, um, but that but that went well. And then and then sophomore year, um, I ended up playing varsity. Coach Olders. Um, still believed in me and started me from sophomore year on. No, those I remember because we lost to you guys. I was coaching at Memorial at that time, JV. I remember losing to you guys because we had uh, Dean. But I remember we lost like that Clovis East team, that JV team with Rob, and they were they didn't. I don't think they lost a game that JV year. I remember we lost. We played two games against them: one in the Sunnyside tournament, one at Memorial. And the one at Memorial, like we lost, like by four, and just. No, nice. Rob Sandoval and, and Sage Horn. Yep. Had put up fifty a game between the two of them. Yeah, Sage would just spot up in that little corner, and it was just just drilling. But yeah, they were they were a very talented team. Yeah. <laughs> Good old. Those shouldn't be normal JV basketball teams, but um. Honestly. <laughs> So you go, you play, you know, you're playing at West, right? You talk about you want to, you know, playing your goal is to play Division One basketball, right? Like you play, you're playing AAU basketball during this time. Talk about, right, this is when, you know, you, you played for Chaos. Is there any other AAU teams that I imagine there's other AAU teams that are knocking at your door trying to get you to play on? Yeah, I, I um, play for Chaos. Every year, actually, I think freshman, freshman spring going into the freshman and uh, spring going into the sophomore year was the first time I played uh, for chaos. I think, or it might be my sophomore year. Maybe, maybe it was my sophomore year. Um, but yeah, there was there were teams like from the Bay Area that were that had interest in me because well, for one, my brother and um, and Dijon, who was like a god brother to me, played for like several teams in their time in high school. So. You know, we still had my dad still had these relationships with teams that my brothers had played for. So a couple of teams, a couple of those teams um, were interested in, in me playing for them. I think um, the one of the Bay, I forget, it, it was Bay Area leader or something like that. I can't, I can't remember now. It's been so long. That was, that was 12 years ago. Um, but yeah, once I, once I started playing for Chaos, it was I, I didn't I knew I didn't have to to play anywhere else because everybody wants to like play for these 
you know, big, big name teams. But all I cared about is are we going to be in the tournaments with those teams? I don't care which team I'm on. If we're going to be in those same tournaments, then we're going to be seen by coaches that are, that are coming to these tournaments. Uh, luckily, we had a couple, you know, a few players that were being recruited themselves pretty highly, like, you know, Grant Verhoeven. But all I cared about was being able to go and play against the best players. So chaos was chaos was doing that. So it was enough for me. And we ended up having putting a pretty good team together and going down and, and winning a lot of these tournaments. And that was that was some of my favorite basketball I ever played, if I'm being honest. AAU basketball, I mean, is probably the funnest. Like the, the July period is specifically July for a sophomore, junior, incoming senior is the most intense, fun, exposure basketball that you'll that you'll ever play. And that was and that was like when I look back, that was like some of the funnest times. Those tournaments that we went to, uh, playing AAU, those camps that we will go to, is some of the best memories I have as far as being a basketball player. If I'm being honest. And uh, and House was putting you in the, in all the right tournaments, right? Putting you against, letting you guys play against the best. Yeah, we played against we played against everybody. Like we went to every big tournament. All the Pango, we were in Pangos every year. We were in big tournaments in Vegas. We, I mean, I played once. Once I played in front of, I played in front of Coach Calipari, Coach Coach K. I mean, every. I mean, in Vegas, you literally gonna play in front of every every single Division One coach possible. They're all they're all there. Um, but I mean, you're in some of these you're in some of these small gyms, these small backroom gyms, and there's only like twelve spots for you know, coaches to sit in and they're all ACC, they're all Pac-12. It's like, you feel like, okay, I, I'm in the right place. If I'm, if I'm trying to play in college, this is, this is the right place. And I never really cared about what, you know, what the team name was. It was, are we going to play the, are we going to play them boys or not? That's what I wanted. That's, that's all I cared about. Talk about, we talked with house a little bit, you know, House talked about as a coaching, but you know, the game where you guys, right? I think you guys are playing like Quincy, Quincy Miller's team, AAU team, right? Like they have, you know, you're playing against McDonald's All Americans, right? You're playing against guys that are, you know, arguably the number one guys in their class. Talk about when you guys beat that team. Yeah, that was a, that was a fun game. That was a fun game. I think that game specifically is probably the game that I, we played in front of, you know, every every big name coach possible like they were literally all there Quincy was top I think 10 maybe five player in the in the country rated Deuce Bello was like top 20 25 they had a couple other players that were that were going places and uh yeah they were they were just running through teams I mean at this time Deuce Bello was like like literally jumping out of the gym like he was hitting his head on the top of the backboard, it seemed like like he was he was like the the best athlete in the country, and, and Quincy was like six nine, had a handle, could shoot it, and we just wasn't much. It wasn't much anybody could do with him, especially at that time. But here come little little old organized chaos from Fresno. Nobody nobody knows about. I think Grant was Grant was probably our only player that was being hot recruited like nationwide. 
Um, but yeah, man, as soon as we, as soon as the tip off, as soon as the tip off started, it just, it just felt different. Something, something felt right about that day. We just, we just all knew we were all locked in. It was a, it was a chance to, you know, have a special moment and, and we delivered. We, I think we won by like maybe 30 if I'm not. Yeah. Y'all blew them out. But we, I, I know it was a blowout. It was like not even close. Yeah, I think it was like 30. I think it, is, it was like 30. It was just, it was just, it was bad. It was just a beat down. And that was one of, that was one of the, the best games I had personally. And that, that whole tournament actually. And and it's the last tournament of July. Um, and it was just, it was just the sweetest taste in my mouth going into um, my senior year. I, I pretty much knew after that tournament, I could I could go to almost any school in you know like the West Coast Conference, big big West, any Western mid major, um, I was pretty much an option for me after that, and then some some Pac-12 schools as well. So I'll never forget that tournament. That that tournament, I mean, damn near changed my life. <laughs> I love I love that story. That's awesome. So well. What was it like, you know, specifically playing for house? You know, you got any house stories for us? Yeah, <laughs> because house coached my brothers. He coached both of my brothers uh, when they were uh, at the JV level. He was coaching JV for Coach West from I don't know what years, but he was definitely there from like 05, like 04, 05, 06, some, somewhere up in there. And he he coached my brothers, and he was tough. He was tough on them. He he held he had a high standard, and and he held them to it. Um, but I think, well, for one, AAU is also different. Like you got to come. You it's a it's a different animal than than the high school team because it's like everybody's here is like trying to get a scholarship, trying to you know it's 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 sad, but it's more individualized team the, the reason why we were so good is because we minimized that to a, to a degree and you know we actually we all knew and 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 loved each other and, and for chaos but how still he still coached us like almost like a high, we were like the only team in the tournaments getting coached kind of like high school like high school kids like like a high school team I mean um but yeah house but but he would be tough on me I, I that's what I liked about house because I, I saw how he was with my brothers, and he was a little bit he was a little bit less with us, um, but it was still like a standard. Like he he's gonna hold you to a standard. He's gonna call a timeout when you know it's something about something about effort. He's it's not just about he was good with the X's and O's for sure. He he would have good out of bounds plays, side you know out of timeout plays for for clutch moments, but. He just got us to play hard. That's why I, I loved playing for House because it was not it was a different feel from any other AAU team that we saw or we played against. We always had a different feel. We he got us to really buy in uh, to an AAU program. So, you know, that's not easy to do. And, and House did that. No, definitely. You know, to get you know guys from Fresno, like you said, to come together and create a team. You know, it. And, you know, what you guys were doing, you know, just flat out incredible. So you go in. Will, go ahead. Sorry. Did, he did kind of uh, benefit. Like, so my group that he had 
he did kind of benefit from us already kind of having a, a core group with uh, uh, we played for Extreme Ballers when I was I don't know if you remember um, the team Extreme Ballers when I was like fourth to like eighth grade um, here in Fresno. Um, it was ran by Chris White and it was like all pretty it was like five of us that were on that team ended up playing for chaos so he kind of got a group that was already that already knew each other and uh you know been playing been playing with each other and i want to say i don't know if we were the best group that he had i i mean i'm always gonna put my group against anybody's um but i do know we were the first group to really like kick it off like big time for them like that the success we had in vegas that year some 2010 I think that really kicked it off for you know the the program to be more successful in the in the years to come because when when I started it was it was pretty new like I don't I don't think they I can't remember them having so much success you know in the in big time tournaments until until we had that group but yeah that was a that was a fun time man I miss I miss it those no. those are fun days no you guys definitely put chaos on the map that's you know like that was I think you know before. You know, House, I think, was trying to, you know, he's, you know, trying to get in, you know, trying to get in the big time tournaments, trying to, you know, get the right games. Because you know how it is in AAU, like, you can get in the tournaments, but it's, you know, you got to play those premier teams, got to be able to play on those certain courts, right? Like, there's certain courts that, you know, you might be in the tournament, but, you know, you're playing that back court at, you know, weird time when every coach is at lunch. You know, you don't, you got to make sure, you know, you got to fight for those times, fight for those spots. And, you know, you guys were, you know, you guys not only were playing those teams, but you were beating those teams, those high caliber teams. And, you know, now, you know, these tournaments are going to want you guys in because, you know, now you got caliber players. And I think that kind of paved the way, you know, for chaos for years to come. Definitely. Yeah, I agree with that. So, no, yeah, you guys definitely, and I definitely think you guys are probably the most talented group from top to bottom as well. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> so, Denzel, I want to jump back jump back into your the high school days a little bit and uh you know when you look back at your Clovis West career what uh you got any like a game or two that like stands out as like your you know like a you know favorite memory or what what jumps out at you and when you think back to those times uh yeah there's there's a few there's a few I think the first one that jumps out is probably um, my last home game, we, we played Clo against Clovis, Kevin Bailey, and Clovis East to go to Selling. And um, Kevin was like, Kevin, I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as call it a rivalry, but Kevin got me up in the morning to, to a certain extent when I was in high school because uh, I was used to being, you know, pretty much recognized as one of, if not like the best player in my, in my class. And here comes Kevin from New York, jumping out the damn gym. <laughs> Everybody's talking, everybody, you know, everybody in Fresno is going crazy over this kid from New York. Um, so I would, by the time we both, both played on varsity because freshman year I played JV and I don't think he played freshman year. Um, so sophomore year, we both, we both, you know, making our debuts on varsity. And um, I would check the I would check the the box scores for him, see what see what he did. And he was putting up crazy numbers sophomore year, so it was like we were my team was like more balanced. Like it was, um, I you know I would have games where I would I would really go off, but he was like he was doing it pretty consistently, like as like a sophomore. So 
um, by the time senior year rolled around, uh, I just wanted to, my main goal was to win um, Valley Player of the Year. And I, I just knew it was, it was going to be either me or Kevin. So our last game, last home game for the playoffs um, to go to selling, um, here, we, here we go. Uh, Kevin and Clovis East is rolling in. And uh, it was a packed house. I remember my college, my, I had already committed. I committed before the season started. My head coach and three or, and two assistants came down, uh, drove down to uh, to see the game. So I'm like, so it's it's just to go to selling, like pressure's on. This is you know this is what you this is what you you know you live for, and and the game lived up to all all the hype. You know I think Kevin had 26, I had 25, uh, and we got the win. Um, but it was just a it felt like a a good closing moment to my to my career and I um obviously Kevin was on the, the short end of that but I think but he he ended up getting the ring so he don't got nothing he don't got nothing to cry <laughs> about I, I, I didn't get any ring so he can let me have that moment and then but um yeah there was there was uh there was a lot of a lot of fun things though about about high school just one thing that they always tell, at least my, at least I always paid attention to, you know, my brother's situation and, you know, with the stages that they're at. And one thing that he would always, and as well as other people would always say is like, what you're going to miss is just the, the camaraderie, you know, the van rides, the, you know, traveling together and all of that stuff. And that's, that's honestly probably the stuff that, that I miss most is just, you know, but Overall, I can't complain about my time with Cobus West. Coach Oldridge, he was, he uh, he was always fair with me. He was tough with me as well, um, but but always fair with me, and uh, I made the most of it. So you you know after you leave Clovis West, you know you signed with Santa Clara. What made you? What made what made Santa Clara home? What made it the right fit for you? Well. <laughs> it was down to a few schools. Um, I actually, it was down to them, Santa Barbara, um, Pepperdine, and Washington State. And uh, I wanted to go to Santa Barbara. That was, I wanted to play for Coach Williams, uh, who was there at the time. Um, and that was that was where I wanted to go. I would always I went to the I used to go to Jordan camp when I was from seventh no like from sixth to ninth grade I went to the Jordan camp down in Santa Barbara. So I felt like I was already you know familiar with the with the campus with the gym, um, and they were they were recruiting me pretty hard and they were quote unquote offering me a scholarship, um, but they wanted to wait and see what one other player was doing, and. Uh, I wasn't, I just wasn't willing to wait around for someone else to make a decision. Um, so it was between them. I had, I had got it down to them, Santa Clara or Pepperdine. Um, Federal State, Federal State was recruiting me as well, but some advice that DeJean gave me was to pay attention to coaches' contracts and how long they're, how long they're signed for. Um, so you don't want to be, you know, going somewhere, a coach that's going to, contract ends after your freshman sophomore year then you got a new coach coming in who wants his you know lots of politics in 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 college basketball so that's just something to always look out for and and coach cleveland was 
on his way out at Fresno State. But I, I was giving I was giving Fresno State a serious look. Um, they they were recruiting me pretty well. I, I actually got a, a funny story from that that time recruiting me too. But um, but I'll go back to that. So but after after Santa Barbara told me that they were waiting on a guy, I was like, you know what? I didn't want to. I wanted. I knew I wanted to commit before my senior season, um, and I didn't want to miss out on anything waiting on another player who didn't actually end up signing there anyway. They lost out on both of us. I just wanted to point that out. If anybody from that staff happens to come across, <laughs> uh, so I ended up going with, with, with Santa Clara. I had a pretty good. Um, oh, oh, so so one of the coaches at Santa Clara actually coached Dijon for one, maybe two years. No, actually just one year at San Diego um, before he was on the staff, before that coach got fired, which is why Dijon even brought the whole thing up about, you know, making sure you know about your coach's contract. So he was on that staff. Um, my, I went up there and, and played with the guys like two or three times. Uh, and I, I, I played well in, in pickup. Uh, I got along with the guys pretty well, and then it, it just felt good. And when Dijon would play Santa Clara when he was at San Diego, that was always a quicker drive uh, to go to than the San Diego game. So any time they played San Diego or St. Mary's or USF, we would always go to that game. So I had been to Santa Clara a few times watching Dijon play. So it just felt comfortable for me. So I, I, I made that decision to go ahead and, and go with them. And uh, I committed. I committed in September, like right, right when senior year, right when school started, basically. That's awesome. So, you know, nowadays I feel like you know it's different. You know, obviously this is we're now ten years later, but you know a lot of kids now like they kind of you know college kids now you know they'll talk with buddies, they recruit, you know, like they kind of you know part, they team up, stuff like that. You know, like were you ever like interested? You talked about Kevin Bailey helped you, you know, get up in the morning, right? kind of that motivation did you ever talk with him about you know recruiting like what's you know what he's doing ever thought you know you know playing together no not really uh, i think if so we wanted kevin to play with with chaos um and i think if he would uh if he would have played with chaos we probably would have got a, a better relationship in high school at least we actually we ended up getting closer when we were when we were in college um but um, we weren't really that close in high school, so I, I wasn't really – we weren't really keeping each other in contact on, you know, what we were going to um, decide and stuff like that. Um, but once he was – once I, – so I committed – I had – I committed first. Um, so I'm not sure – he would have to answer. I'm not sure if, if my decision – what my decision, you know, dissuade him left to right about where he wanted to go, like conference-wise, because, um, you know, you – I feel like this, this is just my opinion. I feel like division one uh, conferences are kind of like, you know, it's, they're not all, they don't all weigh the same. And I feel like West coast conference is more of a, a, a higher mid major. Um, that's just my opinion. No, I agree with um, you. Some, and, um, some might say the West coast, you know, no mean yeah. to cut you off, but at one time the West coast conference was a way better conference than the PAC 12 in college basketball, not too long ago. So, it was when I was in college. We two two years. We had three teams in the in the tournament, and the Pac-12 had only one when the the winner of their conference tournament. But one year, 
uh, Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and BYU were in it. Uh, actually, no, two years of my my four years, they were in it. And um, my my sophomore year, we were we were about to crack the top twenty five and uh, in the nation. And but then we took a, a silly loss to LMU, and we it plummeted us more than it was kind of it was kind of bogus how how far that it sent us down. But um, that year, if we would have you know, continued out and and um, gotten to at least like our like the the conference championship, we might have had four teams in the in the in the tournament um, if we would have made it. So, yeah, West Coast Conference is is legit, and uh, I was happy to, I was happy to be playing in it. No, no, yeah, no doubt. Like I, you know, I'm thinking about like you talk about Dijon, Dijon. You know, at San Diego, you know, hit the game winner against UConn in the NCAA tournament. But yeah, like. It's one of those things like you look at it still to this day, like obviously, you know, everyone knows about the Zags, Gonzaga, but, you know, like St. Mary's is year in and year out has been in, you know, they're in the NCAA tournament, BYU, you know, like it's, it's just one of those things where it just seems it's almost, you know, a given at least two teams minimum in the West Coast Conference, you know, and you have one of them is, you know, competing for a national championship year in and year out. So, yeah. It's a, uh, it's the big boys league, and they also my, my senior year, um, and this and this goes to for any any prospects of players trying to you know go into college, play in college. Uh, another thing that I paid attention to was my senior year. West Coast Conference signed a a, a deal with ESPN, and we were going to be. Uh, they were going to be televising uh, a West Coast Conference game every Wednesday, every Wednesday and Saturday. So, if one, if you're playing Gonzaga or St. Mary's, that's automatically it's going to be on ESPN. And we were playing. I played on ESPN more, more in the four-year span than like some NBA teams hmm. playing in the West Coast Conference. So, I was like, it's 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 the right fit. Like they, <laughs> it had the you know, the adequate exposure that I, that I wanted. And, um, I was, I was blessed with that opportunity. Um, but yeah. And then Kevin, Kevin signs, Kevin signs on, I think he signed at the end of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then I was like, okay, here we go. Another four years playing this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So let's, let's dig into that a little bit. You know, you, you play against Kevin in high school, and then you wind up in the same conference. And what what was it like going against you know a a kid from your hometown uh, at the at the next level? Uh, it's funny because it actually became a lot more a lot easier to root for him for that that, ex- that exact reason. Like it's important to me. I always like the fact. I always like the idea of Fresno getting a bigger and bigger name, especially in the the hoop scene because. I feel like there's a lot of players that have come through here who have gone on to do gone on to do great things. Um, and every time, anytime we have one that's playing any level, I mean, you playing past high school period, that's you blessed. But to be doing it at the at the level that that we were, um, I was just happy to I was just happy to see him, happy to see him, you know, playing and succeeding. So it became easy. And obviously, once we once we played him, though, it was. Uh, we had to we had to make another statement. It was it was always a statement game. Every time we played each other, we both 
we both felt like that. But that's how it should be. But every time I check the bottom ticker on ESPN, though, I would, I would, I would hope they were, you know, that they did well for for his sake. But it was uh, it's fun though, man. I, I can't, I can't even lie to you. That's that is a, a fun level of basketball to be playing at. So your freshman year, right? You go to Santa Clara your freshman year, and you have some 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 success, some big time success where you you know you're you got a little streak where you're you know you're scoring twenty points a game, you know, getting twenty plus. Talk about that. Yeah, that was uh that's obviously a uh, a very fun time for any eighteen year old who <laughs> has been dreaming about college basketball for the past decade and um here you are and you're doing well but um it didn't it didn't come the way that i wanted it to um we so when i came in my freshman year the school's eventual all-time leading scorer was on the team he was a junior um and one thing about my my head coach um, love him or hate him, he was consistent in the fact that he does not go deep in the rotation. Like, the, if you're a star, if you're one of the three starting guards, you're going to play 33 to 37 minutes a game. And the fourth guard, the, the one guard off the bench, will eat up those, those combined four or five minutes that they all, that they all left up. So he's going to play, you know, 15 to 18 minutes a game. And um, I was dealing with a little bit of that my at the beginning of my my freshman year. I was um, I was playing a little bit, um, but I would have some games where you know I'll be playing like eight or eight or nine minutes, and then I'll have a game where you know he he let me go a little bit. Um, but Lee comes around, and our best player, he's leading. First of all, <laughs> he's leading the country in in three uh, threes made. He's averaging like 21 a game. He's like he's like seventh or eighth in the country in scoring in total scoring. So I can't really I can't really fault him for rock, rolling with his guy. You know, I, I as as much as it sucks, you know, I I get it. But league rolls around and unfortunately he ends up getting a, a DUI and. That's the rest of his season, and 36 minutes just became available, in in my opinion. Um, so, next game we play, we play against LMU, and um, it's like the first time you are out there, and you don't really gotta look over your shoulder because the you know the the options are limited right now. Like you know, it's it's you got what much more leash. We all, everybody just got a little more leash. And, but me included, especially when you're when you weren't in the rotation. So um, I have a little success against LMU. I have like 12. It's my first time playing, you know, heavy minutes. And then that's a Thursday night. That's a Thursday night game. Um, Friday rolls around. We have a, a light a light practice shoot around type. And then um, we play USF the next the next day on Saturday. And Lo and behold, the breakout game that I was that I've been fiending for, like just literally, it's it's really hard to. I mean, you, you hear the story all the time where you go from, you know, we all we all in the same predicament. We go from being the man to now he just one of the, you know, he just one of the guys now. 
So it's it's been a while since I had a game where I felt, you know, I felt like, yeah, I'm that guy, you know. And you you gotta you gotta get a little dose of that. Every every player has ego. You you need a little dose of having a big game. It's just it's just something we need as Hoopers. And so USF comes and uh, uh, the the rim was honestly as 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 big as a car. Like I I could not miss if I wanted to. And um, I come out was like nine. Oh, so I only had nine in the first half. Actually, I got off to a somewhat slow start, and then the second half rolls around, and then I just I just go on a tear. I finished I finished with like twenty six points, and um, yeah, I went on the rest of the rest of the league just keeping that same energy. Basically, I had like four or five more games above twenty, a bunch of, a bunch of games in the high teens. And uh, I was just, I was just rolling. I was just having success. It was, I felt like it would never end, <laughs> but uh, you know, it didn't, it didn't actually end up working out like that. But um, that was just a crazy time, man. Just being my freshman year, everything's coming at me, coming at you so fast. Um, but it was also reassuring, like, yeah, knowing, yeah, this, I'm here. This is, this is the level I can play on. No, oh, yeah, definitely. I remember just watching you and just. You just be like, oh man, this man is cooking. He is just cooking, cooking, cooking. And I think, I think you know. I remember. I think this is where probably the toughest thing was is that, you know you finish your freshman year just absolutely just on a tear, and then your sophomore year happens, where I yeah. think I think everyone kind of expected right the kid the guy who was the leading scorer he's back, and I think everyone kind of expected like oh. Now you got this like two-headed monster thing going on, right? Like, right. and that's not what happened. So talk about that, man. Just right, like your freshman year, right? Like you're talking about, you just you know you're you're having games, consecutive games, where you're scoring over twenty, like, and then all of a sudden to go back to the role that you had as a freshman after you know leading the team, like in scoring and stuff. Yeah, that was. Uh... It was hard, and um, unfortunately, it got even harder because my my sophomore year, as much as as much as like you said, uh, that's what most people thought. My son, most people thought it would go. I thought it would go. Um, I understand. Like I said, like it was still it still came down to you rocking with your guy, and you know, and which which that was his guy, and the way we played, it was. It was a very slow pace. It was we called a set almost every every time down. So um it really it was like the opposite of positionless basketball. Like it was like so like the point guard on the team, he he's a year above me and he broke Steve Nash's assist record. So we got the two guys that are about to break the records in points and assists uh ahead of me. They're they're eating up you know, 37 minutes a game. So we come back. That's that's already two spots. Like those are his guys. Like that's already two spots that are um, that that are taken. Like he's they they already had this much success and they're you know up until this time. And then the third spot was was a senior who also was a, a really good player who's still playing professional right now. Um, so my freshman year, we were all we were such a young team that sophomore year came around it was still the same team and he still had the same 
infatuation for, you know, the players that he has. So it, it literally went right back um, my sophomore year. And um, it was tough, but we were we were winning. We were having so much success. Like I said, that was the year that we um, got up to 26, uh, 26 in the nation. And it, and it wasn't like I didn't play at all, um, but it was just such spotty. It was just such spotty minutes. But we were, we were having so much success. We were we were in a, a, a two possession game at Duke with two minutes left. Like we we beat Villanova. We beat um, we lost to Oklahoma um, in the the Disneyland Classic. So we beat Villanova. Next game we lose to Oklahoma by six. Um, and then the next game we beat New Mexico, who had Tony Snell, Drew Gordon, uh, um, Aaron Gordon's older brother, and um, Williams, something he he also plays. So it was uh, New Mexico was ranked at the time, and and we beat them. So we were just like on a tear as a team. So it was hard, and I and I also you know I, I came up in you know Clovis West the Clovis West program, and you know I I had already been I already been trained to, to to know you know you're not bigger than the team. So I I, I handled that situation as as best as I possibly could as professional as I as I possibly could um but it was a it was a tough it was a tough time because it's not just me that's that's dealing with it it's other players coming like oh man you know you're saying like this you should be playing it's 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 play it's coaches on the staff also reassuring you know that they feel I should play and like that's that almost makes it harder I almost felt like you should just rock with you know Stand, stand behind coach's decision. Like if you you coming to me saying like no nah, no nah, I don't think it should be it's it's actually making it harder. So it was it was more so like the outside noise that made it that made it so hard um, because it was I'm obviously a competitor so I want you know I want to be out there. It, it's more so everybody wanting to know what's going on that makes it ten times worse. So that's that's kind of what I was dealing with. But we had a good year so I couldn't really complain much about it. Was there ever any thought of, you know, transferring? Yeah, so a lot of coaches in our conference and other conferences um, kind of caught wind of what was happening because I, I made so much noise my freshman year. Um, and then here I, here I am making, you know, very minimal noise. <laughs> um, so there was a few coaches that were – trying to see where my head was and see, you know, but I just truly felt like, like it, I, I knew, and I knew the, the players also knew because we're those, those practices. I mean, that's part of why we were so good. Like the, the gap between, like I said, he, the, those top three guys are gonna, are gonna eat up those minutes, but the gap between like three and six of the guard spots is so tight that, it's almost like, how can you have so much conviction on one player over the other? When you see it, we we are literally going back and forth, like in practice, like we are, we are competing out here. So um, that was that was why it was hard. But that that year really taught me a lot. I I got my body right that year. Like it it kind of made me like just look in the mirror to for you know at things that I wasn't doing. And um, I think I still should have been playing, but. Uh, I'm proud of the way I handled it because I, I grew from it and uh, I, I got better. I, I got in the best shape that year um, because they, my freshman year, they put 
like an extra 10 pounds on me. I, I gained like 10 pounds of muscle just to get there, like, because I wanted to show up strong. And then I got there and they're like, yeah, yeah, we're going to put 10 more pounds, 10 pounds on you. I'm like, no, I, I, I'm already puffed up right now. And so I was at this weird space in my freshman year where uh, I was just too heavy. I was like barely dunking. It was just like not a good feeling. I was winded all the time. And uh, I was starting to play a lot. So it was like, uh, I look back at some of those games and I just see myself bent over the whole time. I'm just like gas for air and I'm and still scoring, still doing well, but just really struggling. So my sophomore year, um, I really turned it around as far as like getting my body right. And um, it took, you know, it kind of took that, me going through that to, you know, come out stronger on the other side of it. Oh yeah, definitely. And so, you know, you kind of wait around and then, you know, your time comes, you know, it, you know, probably took longer than expected, you know, when people saw your, you know, your freshman year, but you know, now your junior, senior year, you know, you're playing those minutes. Talk about that. Yeah. So that's, thank God it, it came around <laughs> because, uh, you know, I I wanted to play professional so bad and that was the tough time. That was that was all that was going through my head, like my sophomore year. And then that that small stint, my junior year, he, he kind of did the same thing to me my, my junior year, but it was just a, it was a small few games. It was like five or six games. Um, but that's what was going through my head the whole time. Like how I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be able to play pro if I'm not playing like in college. Like I, I, I wanted to play professionally. And so, um, thank God my junior year came, came back around and, um, my role changed. I, I just, I knew, I knew a way to force him to, to play me. And that's, and that's by defending. And, um, so my role changed my junior year. Um, I was just like, you know what? I will, I don't care what it'll take to get on that damn court. If you don't want me to shoot the ball, not one time, I will, I will guard the other team's best player. Like my life depends on it, and um, that's the role I took my junior year to get to get me back into, I guess you would call his good graces. Um, but so I, my junior year, uh, I take on that role. So um, we're having some we're having some success. Um, I'm we're playing. Uh, I play we played Notre Dame. I um, I was I guarded Jerry and Grant. Gave him a, a a tough game. Um, several players. We we um we struggled a little bit my junior year because we didn't have um we didn't have much size. Uh, but it was good to be back out there, even if it was even if it was just um as primarily as a defender. But um one thing one thing I knew is after after a while I'm still out here. That that ball gonna swing. <laughs> So uh, eventually, I started to find my rhythm again offensively. Um, but it, but it's still, man, playing guarding the guarding the primary scorer in, in college is like you have to be in such shape. It's so tiring. They, like there's guys that are just literally like coming off screens, screen, screen, off the ball movement, uh, ball screen after ball screen. So it's like sometimes after three, four possessions in a row, your guy's the one attacking. You literally don't even want the ball. You like you tell them like go over there. So it kind of fell into this situation to where it was like 
I'm guarding the, you know, I'm taking the tough matchup um, just so the other two guards can be fresh to, to, to put up 20 shots a game. So uh, it was, it was um, equal. It was also a fun time just because I'm out there competing. Um, but even, even my junior year, it wasn't um, as fun as I would like it to be just because, you know, I, I, I grew up scoring. You you want to score you want to score the ball, and you feel like, hopefully, you know. I I just felt like hopefully I can put some good game tape together, uh, and they can see I'm not putting up a lot of numbers. Not because I can't score, uh, but there's a lot of circumstances. We we play at a slower pace. Uh, I'm guarding. You know, I'm, I'm our primary defender. You just look up sometimes, and you got six points at the end of the game, but you're dog tired. So it's like. I knew I was having an impact on the game, but it was in a different way than it was my, my freshman year, at least when I was, when I was scoring a lot. Like we look like looking back at your, you know, your career at Santa Clara, just, you know, the, you know, the games, the teams, the players that you played, right? Like, you know, you're playing the Michigan States. You talked about being Villanova, you know, playing Tennessee, you playing Notre Dame. Like, is that, is that what you imagined when you went to go play division one basketball? That is exactly what I wanted to do it for. It was it was always those games when I was just like, this this is what I used to think about when I was in the front yard. Like it's it's playing at it's playing at Duke, you know, playing at Michigan State. I played. We got I got a win. We won at Purdue. Beat Purdue at Purdue. Um, lot so many so many schools. Villanova, Oklahoma. I'm like that's that's really when I felt like you really felt like, yeah, I'm, this is, this is big time basketball. Like even in, even in conference play, like it's, you know, it's, it's still, you still get that feel, but it's nothing like playing against the school that's in the SEC playing against the ACC school. Uh, it's just a different feeling. And uh, I got to do it several times. And uh, it's also reassuring because, you get out there and it's like this is like your gauge on on where you at because because you know these are the these are the players that quote unquote were highly recruited out of high school that you know these are the players that were in all the articles these are so you know you get that chance to go up against them it's really I always just it was always I always viewed it as just a test and um, I when I was coming up. I will be playing with my brother. So I'm always playing against people older than me, playing against grown men. And um, those moments when you, it feels like, whoa, you step out and it's like, you know, 20,000 people at BYU and it, you want to get nervous or, you know, you want to get tight. It's, it's, I just reflect on the fact that it's just basketball. Just when I would be nervous playing against, having to go against the grown men with, with my brothers. And then, you get, you know, you get going up and down the court a few times, and then it's just basketball, and that's what I was happy to find out. It was still, it was still that when I, you know, playing against these big time schools. Okay, so after you know, you talked about that junior year where you you become the primary defender because you know that's, you know, that's the way that, the way that uh, you're gonna get back on the court and coach is gonna, co- coach is gonna start to look to you, right? So senior year. Um, how does that play out? So this is this is why I say I gotta, you know, I don't knock him too much because my coach because he was consistent. So senior year rolls around, and I'm 
low-key playing like I was like my freshman year in the in the in the summer. I'm I'm tearing up pickup. I'm tearing up our workouts. And um it comes back around, season comes back around and he he stayed true to what he does. And I I was playing thirty six minutes a game because now I'm I'm one of your uh, I'm one of your three. And I think it's it's probably not the best. When when you're one of them, you don't mind it at all. But <laughs> even you know, even while it was happening I had been on the other side, so it's like I uh, I get how you can feel like I mean we are there isn't that much that separates uh, you know one through one through five as far as the guards and we had we had six or seven guards that could play so my thing was and you know going back I wish I I probably could have voiced it a little more I used to try to tell some assistant coaches but um, I'm, my thing is like we don't need too big. We don't need two bigs out here. If we if we're a guard heavy team, let's not just play to traditional standards just because, you know, you're worried about us defending. Like we can make up for, you know, helping each other on defense with somebody guarding, you know, guarding somebody a little bigger than them. But our it's unfortunate, you know, and and I love my teammates, but our biggest our honestly our biggest problem that kept us from being one of a um, a high high major team was we had no interior scoring. And the one year that we did, my sophomore year, of course, um, that was our, our best year. That's when we were we were running through everybody. Um, but we didn't really have interior scoring. So I always felt like, well, we should just, I mean, let's bring another guard out here. But nonetheless, senior year comes around. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm one of the guys. So I'm, I'm playing, like, the whole game having success. I'm still in that defender role, but now I'm, but now I'm trying to assert myself offensively because like I said, I'm, I'm worried about being able to play professionally. I got to put some good film on tape. Um, but it's very tough to do. And I always say it's like, I don't know if you guys are, are into soccer, but it's like a midfielder trying to like lead the team and scoring like in, in goals. Like it's the shape that you have to be in to literally be guarding the point guard or the, the two guard that's that's coming off of coming off a, a floppy, and and running back around the, uh, the whole length of the uh, you know the whole baseline, two times off a of, off a of double screen, and then to go ahead and and initiate offense on the, on the other end like it's it's exhausting. That's like trying to you know be a midfielder playing defense and being up you know up trying to trying to score goals. So it's like I was in that I was still in that role my senior year. Um, but I just took a um, another leap as far as getting my body right. I really, I really started focusing on my diet my senior year. Like I was, I was really trying to get in in pro mode, and um, that helped me get through that year because, like I said, it it was tough because like, I was still having to be that that defender. But I, I needed to, I, I needed to to get some points on that board, and I. I still didn't, you know, it wasn't, I didn't get to do it at a consistent clip, but I was able to have games where, okay, it's, it's my day. Like it was, I had, I had enough of those my senior year to um, luckily to, to continue my career. So let's talk about that, right? So you're in Santa Clara, your career comes on in at Santa Clara. Now it's right. Like we're looking to play professionally. How did that process go for you? Like in the very beginning? All right, so we – our last game, we play against BYU in the conference tournament, and we are – it's a back-and-forth game. We – if we beat them, we're going to play 
Portland to go to the uh, conference championship. And we had we had Portland's number. We we beat Portland twice that year. And it's tough to it's tough to to keep beating the team, but we were not. We knew if we got to BYU, we were gonna we were gonna beat Portland. So um, we're up we're up on BYU um, three. Yeah, we're up BYU. We're up to by three at BYU with like thirty seconds left. Uh, they come down, and uh, I get a jump ball off of Tyler Hawes, who was like second in the nation in, in scoring at the time. So we got the ball back uh, up three. Um, we had a player turn to turn the ball over. They come down and get a layup, get the ball back again. Um, we inbound it to a player, gets fouled, and he misses. Uh, he misses the front front end of a one and one. And they come down, and um, Tyler Hawes hits a uh, – they bring a switch. They bring a screen to make a switch, which we were doing the whole game. And um, he switches them off me into uh, one of our one of our bigger guys and uh, makes a move and, and hits a mid-range shot. So we, we lose in Vegas. And then the next morning, I'm on the bus. We're about to go to the airport. And I check my email, and there's like four emails from, <laughs> from agents like the next day after the season ended because obviously they know they, they can't reach out to me during the season. Um, but literally as soon as the season ended, um, agents started uh, reaching out to me, a few of them. So basically uh, me and my pops just kind of interviewed them all, came down to the one we were most, most comfortable with and, uh, and then went with them. Is that the one you're still with today? So he stopped. He went on to other endeavors last two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. Um, and then um, I didn't. I haven't signed with the new. I, so he got me to Italy, and then he got me to Germany. And then after my first year in Germany, um, he's when he moved on. Um, but I did so well in Germany, uh, and we could talk about that season. That was, I mean, that was like crazy. One of my best season I've ever had but I did so well in Germany that uh when that season ended all the coaches and or and or GM in that league were reached out to me so I, I kind of didn't I, I didn't need a, um an agent anymore at that point at least not to get get back to Germany because um pretty much every team that was in that league uh wanted me back um so I kind of worked for myself at that point um but but yeah, I went to Italy first. So tell us about, you know, what what's it like playing basketball overseas, right? Playing in another country, um, somewhere new to you. Uh, what's that whole experience like? Not everybody gets to go through that. It was so much fun, man. It it honestly, I love it. My first time, my when I first signed, I went to Italy and um that was honestly probably the best organization wise that I went to uh it was such it was such family it was such a family feel when I got there um so I get there at like 11:30 almost midnight their time and they're like well, we're going we're going to go to dinner I'm like yeah okay I'm like I'm pretty tired but <laughs> let's go uh so I get to dinner and it's the, the owners there um with his wife the head coach his wife and uh no the head coach wasn't there 
an assistant coach was there, and um, one of the players, one of the vets on the team was there with his wife. And uh, I sit down, and the only person that speaks English at the table is the, the player's wife. <laughs> and I have, I had tried to learn a little bit of Italian, some some important phrases in Italian leading up to it, but um, it was like my first, it was like, the first time you really feel kind of helpless, like she was, she was nice enough to like translate important stuff, like you know, to me. If they were, if they were talking about me, they would, she would translate it. But oftentimes they would just be talking about whatever, and um, it was just like really a moment that hit me, like you one, you're the odd one out, and two, you're gonna have to learn, you're gonna have to learn this, like there's, there's no way around it, and um. That was a uh, that was a good eye opener for me. It just it just humbles you. It's humbling because when you grow up and people always you know speak the same language as you, you know you never experience that that language barrier thing. You you kind of can can forget how small we are and how much we are just you know humans. And it was like I remember sitting there thinking like <laughs> I don't know I was having this like. Freudian moment, like thinking I was some, you know, thinking on some, you know, extra level. But I was like, man, humans are literally just making sounds. And we give meaning to it depending on where you are on the globe. But it's just like, I'm just sitting there and they're just like making these noises in my head. Like, I don't know what they're saying. They're just making noises, but they understand it. And it was just like really just such an eye opener for me just to just to be, you know, to ground myself. Um, but basketball wise though, Italy was, it was fun because, um, well, first of all, backtrack, this team that I went to was, had never signed an American before. They were, they were like holding firm. Like it was like something they were taking pride in. Like, we're not, we're not copping out, you know, we're not, we're not selling out. This is Italian pride. So they finally bite the bullet and they, and they signed me. So the first practice comes around, and first thing the coach does, he comes up to me with a, a letter, and he's like, um, it's it's uh, translated in English from, from Google Translate. And he basically says, look, I don't speak English. I don't plan to speak. I don't plan to learn any English. Uh, I advise you to learn the Italian. Like, point blank, period. Like, that's how I met my coach. Like, I was like, okay, this is serious like he he's not didn't crack didn't crack one smile um so like i said i was the first american that to get uh signed there and uh, i walk into the gym and i'm like damn this is small like this is small i, I just played in front of like twenty thousand, like eighteen thousand, like literally months prior and uh i come to this small rinky ding gym um Luckily, luckily and unluckily, this was, we had the smallest gym in the arena. Other places we went to had places that I was excited to play. Like we actually played against in some nice places, but ours just happened to not be. Um, so I go in the locker room and I get my, you know, my stuff on and I come out and I kid you not, there's like, I don't want to say maybe like three to 400 people like walking in the gym, like 
they just want to come and see like the American practice, like the new American that like, people are talking about. There's, there, this is our very first practice, and people are starting to file in. And like 20 or 30 minutes go by, and I'm like, I look around, like it's like packed in here. Like there, people came like this was a game. And they, it got bad because they started like, ooh, like reacting to everything I'm doing, like ooh and all. I'll block somebody, they'll be like, oh, I got. I have a nice move. Every time I score, they're reacting. And so the coach is getting pissed. He's like, he's not liking this at all. And I, honestly, I didn't like it either I, because it's like, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm not trying to, you know, step on toes like that is when I just got here. I'm not trying to, you know, be the the number one enemy of, of the players on the team because they're getting mad. They're, their friends are over in the, the stands laughing at them, you know, getting crossed or whatever. But so he, the coach has to, like, stop practice. He stops practice, and he kicks everybody out of the gym. <laughs> everybody, he kicks everybody out. It takes, like, 20 minutes for everybody to fall out. We just shot, sat there and shot free throws until, um, until everybody left. But I was just like, like – that day I really was like – it made me feel like a big deal that day. I, <laughs> like, there was – it was not that many – not that many times where I, you know – I'm pretty humble, so I don't. I never really look at things like that. But that day, I was like, "All this for little old me? Like that's how I felt." That's honestly how I felt. But it was it was cool though. How how difficult? How hard is it to communicate? You know, like obviously, you know, there's timeouts being called during games. There's situational things happening. Did you did you have somebody who would translate information to you, or you kind of just we doing hand signals? How how are we doing this? Yeah, so first of all, all the plays were in numbers. <laughs> um, and and um, when I got there, so, so my teammate, my teammates um, that came to that, that first dinner with me, um, his wife, she spoke like four languages. So what I started doing was after every practice, after not every practice, two or three, two practices a week, well, let's say like Tuesday, Thursday, um, I would, after practice, I would go over there with them, have lunch, and then she would just practice. I would just practice with her, practice Italian. Um, she would give me stuff to, like, work on when I got home. Um, I would I would actually – I would talk to their kids a lot. That actually helped me big time um, learning Italian. Like, I, 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 took, I took, like, three years of Spanish in high school. I learned more Italian in eight months that I was there than all of the Spanish I ever could have learned. I took Spanish in high school and in college. But it's something about being there and being forced into it. You really, you really will pick it up, like when you don't have a choice. Um, so I would, I would like practice with their kids even because it's, it's more simplified. They don't speak as fast. Like it, I really did take a lot of um, strides, especially in the first like two or three months. Then I got to a point where I was like comfortable. Like I was, I felt like you know I could communicate. And then I, I stopped going over there, so I kind of plateaued, which I wish I didn't do. Um, but those first couple of weeks, yeah, someone would translate to me in the timeout, um, something important. Um, but hand signals were big. Like I, I, he, he knew, and Italians in general talk with their hands a lot. They, they like to use gestures. Um, so he knew to use gestures, double fist, like, you know, uh, calling out defense and stuff like that. So it was not really that hard of, uh, um, an adjustment basketball wise. And then, um, and then you know, like what terms, like I knew, like what terms I wanted to know. I knew basketball wise, so it's like 
I would, you know, I would ask like the first couple of days, I'll be like, what's rebound? What's, you know, I was just, let, let me get the basics down. I know I can get that in a couple of days. Um, and then after that, it just was slowly coming to me as I was, you know, working with my, uh, my teammate's wife. So how many years or how long did you play in Italy? So I just did the one year, um, one year in Italy. Um, uh, it was a, it was a good year. I was, um, the leading scorer by like 0.1. It was a, it was a stacked team. We, we ended up winning. We won a championship. Um, we were really a, a really good team. Our second unit would have been a formidable team in, in the league. Like we were, we were that good. Like practices were intense. Um, they were, they were like, I want to say nine or 10 times or for, I didn't even play in the fourth quarter. And I, this is another thing. It's, it sucks because naturally I'm not, uh, uh, keep my stats type of person. But when you're in that life, any other, anybody who's been there will tell you, like, it's about, when you're the American, it's about producing. So I would hate us get up and be blowing somebody out by 30. I don't play in the fourth quarter and I got 13 points. And I, I would hate that I was even thinking like that, but you can't help it because this is how I eat. So uh, it was, it was interesting predicament to be in, to be on a team that good. Um, but I always loved when we played, you know, we would have obviously some some other some big games against other teams that were good, but when we played those bottom of the league teams, man, that was hurting my points per game. I hated it. That's funny. So after one year, you go to Germany. You go play in Germany. You don't know German. <laughs> so so you re are you redoing that whole model of trying to learn how to speak German? German's, e German's even harder than Italian. <laughs> At least Italian has like some similarities with Spanish. Like even some words are the exact same. Um, but here's the difference. People in Germany, any, I mean, anybody like 35 and under in Germany, there's like a 90% chance they speak English. Like so many people speak English in Germany that I wasn't really forced to learn the German. I wasn't really forced to learn German like that. Um, and that kind of enabled me because I didn't try at all. And once I realized, oh, like all these people, it, all, <laughs> all young people speak English at least, and and even some older people. But once I realized that, I didn't I didn't try at all, which I kind of regret because I I went there several times and I didn't try. I I never tried. Like I, it wasn't I, survival. I probably, it wasn't survival. Yeah, I really would have taken it serious. Who knows? Like I I could be damn near fluent like in German, but you're as, as speaking four time, languages. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I, I'm kind of disappointed in myself, but you live and you learn. You can't, you know. It's hindsight's twenty twenty. Hey, maybe you got one more shot. Go back to Germany and learn it this time. Yeah, but I probably would still feel the same because what happens is you're like, I'm only gonna be here for like four more months. Like, but you're not thinking that like, okay, yeah, but you, you know, come back again next year. So it's like. Is I should if I get a chance I, I'll take it a little more serious but it's tough man I, the, even the it's like it's different it's a it's a tough language to learn. So in your time over you know, over there did you ever get to play against anybody that you knew from the states? Uh, did I? Uh, not no one that I knew personally. People that I knew of. Um, people that sometimes someone who knew of me, like it was not no one that I considered like, oh yeah, that's my boy. But um, I remember we played against in Germany. I played against several players that were that were in the the Pac-12 and um, a couple of players that um, I knew from like 
camps. Like I, just, you know, I just know who, you just know who they are, but we don't know each other. Yeah, kind of, kind of stuff like that. We, I played against one guy who actually was from Bakersfield, um, but I, I forget his name now. But he came up to me and was like, "Oh, he's like, yo, you, I'm from Bakersfield. I remember you when you were, because he was, I guess he was like two years younger than me. Okay. Um, so he he knew who I was. He came up to me and was like, "Hey, I'm from Bakersfield." So it was, it was kind of just stuff like that, but um, mostly whoever the other team's American guard was, they, he was a division one player somewhere. That was, it was, you know, well, I can always know who the guy was, but I don't necessarily know him. Cause right in, in the league in Germany, is it only one American? It's two. Okay. And it's two imports. So, um, Ooh, okay. Total. So, yeah, that's, and that's another twist. Like the certain countries, like the rules are different. And some was like the American rules. Some was like imports in, in general. Um, in Germany, it's two imports, uh, and both. And when I was there, we always had another import that was like some from somewhere else in Europe. We had a guy from uh, Spain, um, had a guy from Serbia, uh, a couple other places. I think Poland. Uh, so I was never only in Italy. I played with another American on my team, uh, but in Germany, I was always the only one. Did you ever have any issues of not getting paid on time? We always ask that question. Yeah. So. Um, that's the, luckily I didn't have any real horror stories like that. Um, Italy, my team in Italy, they did tell me, um, that they would give me my bonus when I, when they would send me my bonus when I got home, uh, that did, they did, uh, they did do that. Um, but it was five months later. <laughs> so it wasn't, they never like were late on their monthly stuff. Um, it was just that that and it maybe wasn't five it felt like five months but it was probably like a little under three months which when you you know when you're waiting on something you're waiting on it so um but i was but never while out while i was out there i know that happened to some guys i mean and that's a big part of the reason why i didn't play um during this once the pandemic hit because the 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 scary the horror stories got even worse during the pandemic because i got i know guys that were team told them uh yeah we um we're not going to send you back and but but they also couldn't play during the time so it was like yeah you have to stay out here for uh two months and not even be playing basketball um or um they'll say you can go home um and they come back when it's ready and then they went home and uh it's time to come back they already signed someone else like just a bunch just a bunch of horror stories about you know things that they were doing um since the pandemic since the pandemic hit. so that kind of that kind of um, helped me make a decision uh, on if, when I was, if I was going to play last year. Um, but um, I was lucky to be in, in good organizations that, that always paid on time. Um, but I know that's not the case for everybody, which is super unfortunate. Because it's, it's not a good feeling to be out there and it's happening. Like, I can't even imagine. Yeah, that's I can't even imagine either. That's crazy. So, real quick, I got one question. I want to go back to the back to Clovis West a little bit here. You uh you talked about that game where you beat Kevin Bailey and Clovis East to go to Selland. And it may not have gone your way at Selland Arena, but I want you to can you talk about that experience, right? Going and playing at Selland Arena. What what was that like for you? It was fun. It was uh something that I was accustomed to not accustomed to doing, but um, accustomed to being a part of with, with my brothers. Yeah. Uh, they went 
I mean, like four years in a row, um, pretty much. Uh, so when I was, when I, when it was my turn, um, I was excited, but I had a bad, a bad feeling once we were there. Now, leading up to it and once we were there that the lights were feeling just a little too bright for some, you know, for some of the, some of our players on our team. It was like, it was like a, they, they walked into a whole nother beast and I was expecting that. I was expecting that from, from some, and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to call out, I'm not going to call out any names because I love everybody to death, but there were, I had some guys that pretty much crapped their, crapped their pants and selling the arena. Um, so it was a good experience. It was a fun game. I knew, I knew all those guys since like the fourth grade. That was a group that's, that's been together, that played together for literally like fourth grade on. They, most of them were on extreme ballers, that team I was telling you about. And um, they were, they were just, they were the better team. They had, um, they had uh, Anthony White guarding me, who was like all of five, nine. Um, but he was, he was trying to stick me like glue and they were, they were getting the ball out of my hands. It was, it was um, heavy helping. And um, they were, they would pick a guy, essentially pick a guy to not guard. And um, they were forcing it out of my hands. I probably, I probably, uh, I think I went six for 16, uh, which was uh, not a good shooting night. I had a few go hit halfway down and come and, and come out. Um, but I finished with like 18 points and that was not, that's not enough for us for, for us to win on that team that we had. So. Um, the better team won, but uh, it wasn't it wasn't heartbreaking to me. My my real goal was obviously to win, but the one I really was fixated on was winning Player of the Year. And um, a few weeks later, you know, after that, I wasn't sure how that was going to affect that. I thought I had a good chance, even even with loss in the championship. Um, but uh, I ended up getting part of half of. Um, what I wanted to accomplish, but um, me and my brother, I think uh, the the only two brothers to win it, uh, Brandon won it in 2007, uh, Player of the Year. So, and Dejan won it, you know, who's like a brother to me in 06. So it was like that was really what I was what I was fixated on because they had both won it. They got, you know, they always had their newspapers up in the house and all that. Like I was like, no, nah, I gotta I gotta win Player of the Year, and um, that ended up that ended up happening, but. It would have been sweeter to have it with with the ring too. I can't lie. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that, that was the example set before you was guys in your life, you know, not only going to selling but winning the player of the year and you followed through and and got it done yourself too. Yeah, it was a fun time. Man, well we uh shoot. This has been fun. I can't thank you enough for uh taking time out of your day to uh, sit here and just talk hoops with us, man. Thank you so much. Man, it's been a pleasure. I like what you guys are doing, man. It's uh, it's good to hear about some stories about players and, you know, stuff that's going on in the Valley that, you know, people that you know about, but there's a story that you might not have heard from certain people. And uh, I feel like you guys, is, you guys' channel has been really, really good for that because uh, it's making things live on longer you know when it gets talked about when it gets stories get shared you know it lives on longer so i'm proud of you guys for um you know having people on that i respect so i i'm i'm tuned in you know i can't wait to see you know how, where else you guys where else you guys take it 
Appreciate that, Denzel. Of course. <laughs> hey, thank you so much, man. Oh, of course, fellas. All right, take care. Take care. Later. You've been listening to the Off the Bench Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Off the Bench. <laughs>